enough, we'll divide and have another time of praying together as we've done a few times here in the last few months. I want to share a few thoughts with you from Hebrews chapter number 10. We'll begin reading in verse number 9. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. And he's speaking here of the two different covenants, the Old Covenant of the Old Testament, the New Covenant that Christ established. In verse number 10, he says, By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ, once for all, and praise the Lord for that. Amen. I'm glad that Jesus didn't have to die multiple times, and I'm glad we don't have to get saved multiple times. He died once and for all. And every high priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, speaking of Jesus, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified, whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he had said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities... Will I remember no more? Now, where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and a living way which He hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, His flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with the true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I want us to take a few moments to look at a few few verses from verses 9 down through verse number 25 that I believe are very, very important for us to understand. One of them is that Jesus is a high priest that made the sacrifice for our atonement once and for all. And the Bible tells us as we look in verse number 10, uh, verse number 12, that this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, notice this, it says that he sat down on the right hand of God. He does not have to minister in the temple as the Old Testament priest had to day after day. When he forgave sin, when he committed the, uh, the, uh, the act of cru- the crucifixion and redeemed us from our sins, bought us back, he paid for our sins past and present and future. Some people I've talked to recently have said, well, uh, I don't think I deserve salvation yet. I, I've got to wait till I can earn it. Or I don't know that I'm, I'm able to, uh, to warrant this gift of eternal life. Can I tell you this? All of our sin, when Jesus died on the cross, was future. We hadn't been born yet. 
And yet Christ died on the cross and forgave the sin that I was going to commit in 2020 and 2021 and 2022 and until I go home to be with the Lord. He paid for all of that sin. And He doesn't have to minister in the temple every day to keep making sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice because I am sealed by His one-time payment in heaven. I've asked for forgiveness of my sin to restore my relationship with Him. But when I put my faith and trust in Him to save me, He he saved me, the Bible says, to the uttermost. It doesn't matter whether it was past sin or present sin that happened today or, or sin that I will commit tomorrow. God has saved me. My confession of sin that I do daily is not for my salvation. It's not something I'm doing to earn my way to get to heaven. The confession of my sin daily is something I do to keep my relationship with Him open. To keep my, my, uh, my time that I spend with Him sweet. And not, not feeling guilty all the time. Uh, my, uh, every once in a while, uh, I think of when I was younger. And when I did things that were wrong, how I would cower in my room knowing mom and dad were soon going to be coming. And uh, then when that chastening would happen and I would own up to it and dad would pin me down on it. Uh, once it was all done and everything was settled, there was a freshness there. And no longer was I cowering in my room trying to hide from Mom and Dad. Now I went out in the living room and sat next to them and snuggled up against them and, and hugged on them. And they were, that, that relationship was restored. It didn't mean I wasn't their child, but that relationship was gone. So when we talk about confessing our sin daily, it's not something that we do to gain more salvation or because we have to be saved again. Jesus did this once and for all. He sits down at the right hand of the Father. Then I want you to notice this, verse number 14. For by one offering He hath perfected forever. He hath perfected for how long? Till they sin again? He hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and into their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities I will remember until they sin again? How long? No more. No more. You don't have to earn salvation. You don't have to be good enough. You come as you are, put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and He forgives them. They're gone. They are remembered no more. Because of all of this, he says in verse number 19, Verse, let's look at verse number 18. Now, where remission of uh, these is, there is no more offering for sin. It doesn't need to happen anymore. The sin is gone. Verse 19, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Amen. We said a moment ago as we were praying, we got an opportunity to come to God any time we want. And we can come in and say, Father... We can lay our burdens at His feet. We don't, have to, we don't have to sit here and think, I'm wondering if I'm saved today. When I got saved, I became His child. I'm His child forever. It doesn't matter. Now, there's some times my fellowship may not be right. There's some times I may need some chastening of the Lord. But I'm still His child. No man can pluck me out of His hand. I'm still His child. I love this passage in Hebrews because it tells us that we have the privilege here in a few moments, Lord willing, we'll go to the Lord in prayer again. We have the privilege to walk. The Bible refers to it 
into the holiest of places. The blood that's already been sprinkled on the mercy seat in heaven. He says in verse 19, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest. Can I encourage you in this, that while our sin is forgiven, and we have the great peace and joy of calling Him our Father, when we come to Him in prayer, we need to understand that we are entering into a holy place. You know what happens when a sinful man enters into not just any holy place, but the holiest of all? We can say as the psalmist, my sin is ever before me. When we come into that holy place, it ought to be a time of self-examination. I think it ought to be a time where we can come to God and and praise Him and thank Him. I certainly believe the Bible teaches that. The Bible talks of the prayer of thanksgiving. I think there are times we come to Him and we petition Him for the things that we have need. We have supplication and asking for the things that are needful. But there ought to be a time of confession. I fear sometimes that we go through our day and we come to God in prayer and we ask Him for all of these things and we try to thank Him and try to praise Him. When what's needed is we need to come to Him and say, Lord, I see some things I did wrong today and I know that they've displeased You. And I don't want there to be anything between you and I. I sure want to get those things right. Help me not to do them again. Give me the strength. I'm thankful that we have a God that lets us do that. The writer of Hebrews says, Let us come boldly. That We have the opportunity to come boldly into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He hath consecrated for us, through the veil that is to say His flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, he says in verse number 22, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. If we can ever understand this truth of what Christ has done for us to be saved, the fact that when we get saved, we don't deserve it talked to a number of folks, just probably half a dozen or better in the last month or month and a half, and it's been amazing how that they almost all have said these phrases. I, don't, I just don't know that I deserve it yet. I'm trying hard to get there. Can I tell you this? None of us deserve it. That's the whole point of grace. Grace is getting something we don't deserve. When, when we walk in and we greet each other and we say, how are you doing? And we say, way better than I deserve. What we're saying is, we don't deserve this. We've not earned it. We've not gotten good enough to say, God, You owe this to me. He gives it to us because He loves us and because of His grace and His mercy. And I'll tell you, while I don't understand why He does it, I'm thankful that He does it. Because the truth is, no matter how hard we try, we can never be good enough. There will never come a point where any man it is born of a woman other than the Lord Jesus Christ Himself will be able to say, I have lived a good enough life that I deserve salvation. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And so why, how do we come to Him? When we pray, how do we come to Him? Verse 22 tells us. 
Let us draw near with a true heart in full, what? Assurance of faith. I don't come to Him because I think, Lord, I've done this, 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 and this today. That, that surely deserves me a little blessing from You, doesn't it? We are not in a bartering position with God. We don't say, Lord, since I've done this, I expect You to do that. We come to Him knowing I don't deserve any of it. But I still can come boldly to Him. I still can come to Him. And with full assurance of faith, come to Him in prayer. When we come to God in prayer, we spend our time praying, especially when we pray fervently for things. We don't come with an arrogance of deserving. I love when the psalmist, in Psalm 119, he asks the Lord to be, deal bountifully with him. And what he was saying is, Lord, I want you to deal with me, not out of my merit, but out of your bounty. Out of your abundance, Lord. I want you to give to me what you want to give to me. I don't deserve any of it. He tells us in verse number 22 that we're to draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And then he says this finally in verse number 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. You say, boy, I, I struggle sometimes. I doubt sometimes. doesn't matter because He is faithful. That's what the writer of Hebrews says. Whether we, whether we have doubts or not, if we've ever put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, He is faithful. And we can rest in that. Are we going to always have full assurance? Maybe not. Satan is a shrewd fellow and he, can, he knows how to cause doubt. But there's one thing that I can always trust, whether I feel saved or don't feel saved. I can always trust that He is faithful. And I can know that I'm saved whether I feel like it or not. I can have full assurance of faith that I'm saved whether I feel like it or not. Why? Because He's faithful. It was never dependent upon me. It's dependent upon Him. And unless God's lying to us, even on those days when I don't feel saved, I feel like He may be far from me, I can rest assured that I am. Because He is faithful. I've put my faith in Him. He's promised to save me. And so I'm going to keep Him to His Word. I'm going to trust Him. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. I'm going to tell you, we're living in some days that will cause even some of the most staunch Christians to waver. It will cause even the most faithful Christians to question, Lord, what days are we living in? Are we going to make it through these days? Our faith may waver. That He is faithful. He is faithful that promised. And then He says in verse 24, Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Because we have this faith, we have this confidence, we have this assurance. I believe that what the writer of Hebrews is telling us here when it says to consider one another, to provoke unto love and to good works, is that when we see another brother or sister that isn't, that, that is wavering, that isn't strong in their faith, we're to come to them. And we're to consider one another. And we're to provoke. That's a strong word, isn't it? 
provoke one another to what? I remember as a kid, I used to provoke my sister to no end. She was two years older than me. She tattled on me all the time, got me into trouble for things I didn't even do. And she deserved every bit of what she got. And here this little two year younger than her brother provoked her. And let me tell you something, I would provoke hard. I would stay after and stay after and stay after till that... You remember the old pressure cookers that had that little weighted knob on the top? And when it got hot enough, that thing would go like that, you know? I would do that to my sister. And when that top blew, I knew I had provoked her enough. And that's what the word provoke, the idea of it is. We're not to give up on one another. We see, we see a brother or sister that's wavering in their faith, that's struggling and having a difficult time. We're to go to them. And we are not to give up on them. We're to say, come on. We've got to have faith. We've got to trust God. Well, I just can't do it. I'm, I'm going through some trying times. You can do it. How do you know? Because He is faithful. I may not be, and you may not be, but He is. I can have assurance, full assurance, in my faith because I know that He is faithful. Do I deserve it? No. Do I deserve salvation? No. Definitely not. Do you deserve salvation? No. Are you ever going to be good enough that you can say, well, uh, I, think, I think God owes it to me now. Not going to happen. I'm thankful that God takes us where we're at. God doesn't require somebody to get to a certain level of holiness before He saves them. He reaches down where they are at. Let me tell you something. I'm so glad He does. Because if He didn't do that, there probably wouldn't be one of us sitting here tonight. He takes us where we're at. You don't have to try to get better before you come to Him. You come to Him just the way you are. If there's cleaning that needs to be done, He'll take care of it. But you've got to come to Him. You've got to come to Him. I hope and pray everybody here tonight has trusted Christ as their Savior. If you haven't, I hope tonight will be the night. And you say, you know, I haven't, I haven't really thought I could do it, but I, I do now. I believe that God is faithful to do what He says He'll do. I'm going to trust Him. I'm going to have unwavering faith. You say, Pastor, this is a Wednesday night crowd. I know that. I sat in the pew of a church for 13 years, didn't miss a service, and I was lost. And occasionally, even the Wednesday night crowd needs to hear this. And occasionally, if we are questioning, we need to get it settled. And if we're not questioning, we can rejoice in it. One thing I know, I remember the songwriter wrote, I think it was uh, Tell Me the Story of Jesus or something along those lines, one of the songs like that. I love to tell the story, I think it was. And it says, For those who know it best seem hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest. We never tire of it, do we? We never get over the day that we trusted Christ as our Savior. And to hear it told all over again just brings that joy back to mind again. And those of us that are saved, we ought rejoice every time that we hear it. And be reminded of it, that He is faithful. He's not worried. He's not ministering in the, in the, uh, in the temple of heaven. 
that's not made by hands. He's not ministering there every day, making atonement daily for our sins. He did it once and for all. Finished, and He sat down at the right hand of the Father. Said, it's done. The sins are remembered no more. And the writer of Hebrews says, we need to have unwavering faith in it. Not because we are something, but because He is faithful. And I hope that will encourage us tonight. Let's pray together. And uh, I think uh, due to the lateness of the hour, we'll probably wait till next Wednesday to divide off into prayer. But let's pray together tonight. Father, we're so thankful for the full assurance of our faith. Oh, Lord, what a wonderful book You've given to us. Bring such joy to our hearts, such wonderment, and yet also some conviction. Lord, I remember before I was saved how these words would often pierce my heart. Often I would think, I'm not saved. I've not put my faith in Him. I've got to do it. And Lord, I remember the day it happened. I remember the moment that I trusted You as my Savior and how different things were. And Lord, over all these years, I know that there is no way I have continued without sin. And if there is anybody here tonight that would have reason to think I could lose my salvation, Lord, I would be one of those. But I am not worried about it because You have said that You are faithful. That I can have unwavering faith because You are faithful. It's not dependent upon me. Now, Lord, because of that, I certainly want to live a life that is pleasing to You. I don't want to go out here. And we ought not want to have to go out here and live a life that is throwing caution to the wind and sinning and living how we want to. But Father, when You came into my heart, something was made different. I pray that everyone here tonight has experienced this. And if they have not, I hope tonight that this would be the night that Your Holy Spirit would speak to their heart and help them to see that need and get that matter settled. That they would put their faith in You tonight, once and for all. Unwavering faith. Trusting You to forgive them of their sin. Trusting You to give them a home in heaven for eternity. Lord, I pray that they would do that tonight. For those that are here tonight as Christians, I pray that You'd help us to rejoice in this. To be stirred in our hearts. To be motivated to share this with everybody we know. Everybody we come in contact with. Lord, may we be willing and quickly ready to share these things. May they be always at hand and on our minds and on our hearts. May we live throughout our week as we see these doors of opportunity open. May we live conscious of these things. Where every moment of every day we're looking for ways to get the message to others. Dismiss us now with your blessings, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.